It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about Season 1, Episode 44, Legendary Heroes, Part 2. Part 2. I wonder if the Japanese versions have cooler names. I bet they do. I, I don't think the first one did. Let me let me pull it up, actually. That's a really good question. Because uh, this is a three-parter is that right are we just in the middle here that's what i'm guessing i thought it was and a two-parter but i did it surprise, first surprise. too uh yeah and typically with with these three-parters is, is really when they bring in the cool names uh no i mean this one is dm quest 2 the legendary hero yugi which makes no Only sense one honestly of them is for the legendary episode. and it's yugi i, I guess uh, Everyone else can just fuck off. Last episode actually had a much better title. It was Big Five's Trap, Dual Monsters <laughs> Quest. That is a much better title. I like that. Yeah. The Big uh, Five's Trap. Next week is DM Quest 3, Master of Dragon Knight. So there's that to look forward to. That's pretty baller. <laughs> Uh, briefly, what did, what did you, how do you feel about this episode? Uh, I think it was, it was silly, but I kind of liked it better than the last episode, just yeah. because there's more stuff in there. Yeah, I, I kind of felt the same way. It, it packed a lot in. It was like more, it was like lighthearted, I guess, in a way that yeah. we haven't really gotten recently. Like we've gotten a lot of like very serious episodes, you know, life and death, that sort of thing. And, and last episode too was a little bit like. Oh, they've you know trapped a boy again, uh, and now it's like boy trapped silly video game. Yeah, now which is good. They're in the video game and they can do all the silly video game stuff they weren't able to do last episode. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it, and it actually feels like it's a video game, yes. which last episode just kind of didn't. Which we talked about then, but uh, good, cool. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, before we do that, though, every week before we get started, we like to recommend something for our listeners to do with their 20 minutes besides watching an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we value their time even if they don't. Uh, Jimmy, I'm curious about your recommendation this week. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, my recommendation this week, I think we've mentioned this before, but there's a website called Hero Forge mm -hmm. where you can go in and basically design in 3D like you're a character for your D&D &D campaign or anything of that sort of, something along those lines. Um, and I just went back there recently, and they've added a whole bunch of stuff. All oh. kinds of new uh, character types. You can be a goblin or, like, a skeleton. Oh, hell now. yeah. All uh, right. Dragonborn, like, mouse folk, uh, rat folk. Um, they've just added a whole bunch of new, like, clothing options and, like, little things for your character to hold so if you like designing characters i would recommend that you go to heroforge.com and just mess around a little bit it's free and you can buy the figures right like you can you can like yes. get actual 3d printed like your, little figures that's the the point of hero forge is that once you've designed your character you can actually uh purchase it and they will 3d print it just as you've designed and send it to you for you to paint and use in games uh, but you don't have to do that you, designing one is free. 
Right. And that's it's still just, fun. That's yeah. that's like most of the fun right there. It's just playing around with all the different yeah, it's accessories like spore. and whatnot. You don't play Spore because it's a terribly fun game. You you play Spore to design all kinds of wacky creatures. And really that's the most fun part of almost every video game. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like, there's there's a there's a real reason why Monster Factory is such a successful YouTube show. <laughs> yeah. Uh just all kinds of Crazy nonsense. So go to Hero Forge. Also, I noticed they have a new like side business that they're doing called Chibify. Okay. Uh, you can design a little chibi anime figure in much the same way and get that 3D printed. Huh. So like your own, like kind of like a Funko Pop almost. Almost like a little Funko Pop or a nen- Nendoroid, I think is the Yeah, it's something like that. That sounds, yeah. that sounds right. Huh, but it had. It's not as um, they don't have as much stuff on that side yet. I think they like literally just uh, created that because I think it was on Kickstarter. The website said so. It's okay. like a brand new thing they're doing. So if you like little anime figures, you can go and make your own Yugi or whoever, Ooh, or your like uh, your own D and D character. Yeah, it's about the same scale. Is your podcast going to go all in for custom Hero Forge? Characters? Man, we probably should. I mean, that's a I've reason to get like my... sponsors or something, right? We already used it to design like character art for the videos and stuff, mm. just to streamline the process a little bit, just for fun. Yeah, um, we haven't actually like bought, made our characters yet, but I think that would be a cool thing. There you go. Yep, just gotta gotta raise the money for it. You buy it, take it to live shows. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'll talk about this later. But we also have another live show coming up. Oh, or shit! Li- live event uh, this weekend, actually. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's let's get the word out about that later. Yeah. Cool. What is your recommendation this week? My recommendation this week. I struggled to think of something. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I like. I you know I watched the episode this morning uh, before work and like wrote up all my notes and like all day I was thinking man what is my recommendation going to be I could not think of anything and then I was trying to come up with something where it's like okay where what could anyone benefit from no matter where you are in life no matter what you do so I came up with this because it's something that I actually did uh, today or benefited from today I suppose. Uh, Jimmy, as uh, you know, but our listeners may not know, one of the things that I do in my free time that I like to do is cook. I like to cook. I like, I've like. i just started learning to bake as well, which has been really fun. I uh, did not know that, actually. Uh, yeah, no, I made some banana bread, actually, over the weekend, Ooh. which was excellent. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I cook. I do a lot of the cooking here at home. Uh, I enjoy it. It's something where I can kind of like meditate. Uh, and one of the things that I have been doing wrong for my whole life up until like two, three months ago is I have been cutting an onion wrong. So my recommendation is to learn how to cut an onion properly. And there's a way to do, there's a specific way to do it that they'll teach you in like culinary school or whatever. And I tried to look up a video to to show you like how to do it because it's kind of hard to like describe verbally Mm-hmm. And I was so upset because I couldn't find the video and I couldn't find the video and I, I I knew exactly what I was looking for. And the first video that came up was fucking Jacques Pepin, uh, Jacques, pardon me, Jax Pepin, uh, uh, famous French cook, 
Uh, and he's like, ah, yes, I will show you how to cut the onion, and, and here we go, and I will cut it. And he's cutting it the way that I had been cutting onions for years, what I knew now to be the wrong way. And he's cutting it this really? this way that like works for him, but I, I know it's the wrong way. And I'm like, how is he making it look so easy? And the whole video, he goes, now you must have very sharp knife, very, very sharp knife. And I realize, oh, he has a knife that could cut God. <laughs> so an onion is fine. But for so us, your real mortals, recommendation is to get a really, really sharp knife. Fucking apparently. But for us <laughs> mortals, there is a correct way to cut an onion. I found a video. Uh, I put it in our show notes. Uh, if, if you're you know listening to this, you can go to your podcast player or whatever and pull it up. It's a Gordon Ramsay video. Uh, and he shows you how to cut an onion the proper way. And the results may surprise you. So, All right. There it is. Fucking well, that's improve definitely your life. I would need to look at because my roommate has made fun of me for my onion cutting technique before. And it I'm is. Like, I don't know how to fucking cut an onion. It is legitimately. It, it is nothing you'd expect, uh, and it is life changing. It will make everything in the kitchen better for you regarding onions. I will definitely have to check that out after the show. So there we go. That's my recommendation. Uh, before we get into the episode, I was about to jump there, but I noticed you have another note. <laughs> Do you have like some news? What What is this? No, it's not news. It's just something kind of funny. Um, I was, uh, out at the game store playing, uh, magic last night with my friends and, um, I'm pretty sure I saw a real life millennium item. Cause there was this dude, uh, that we saw right before we left who had gauged ears but dangling from his ears, he had these freaking like six inch long, like pyramid shaped earring things. But they were so big and so heavy that they were like pulling his ear holes all the way down. That's a look. And it looked exactly like some kind of millennium item, the millennium earrings or something. I don't know what powers they would have besides stretching your ear holes out. You can hear into their soul. You can you can hear the the whisperings of their souls. <laughs> that's a that's a really yeah. baller like anime ass anime look though. It like, was very I, re- respect anime. for that. That's yeah, I like that. I can picture it. I, I don't know how up to date you are on like magic lore, but they look like the the hedrons from Zendikar. And I was like, well, I guess his head is protected from Eldrazi now. <laughs> There's like one person in the audience who will like get what I'm talking about. Yeah, there is there is one person right now listening going, oh, <laughs> it's not me. I'm sorry. Well, Tyler, you see in the plane of Zendikar, which is uh-huh. this chaotic uh, place where the Eldrazi got trapped. Uh, there was an ancient. Uh, is that like a Volturi? Do you know what an Eldrazi is? Is that the... They're like giant Cthulhu monsters. Oh, yes. That live uh-huh. in the, the void between planes. But they went okay. to this plane, Zendikar, and uh, they got trapped by these uh, hedrons, which are these created, these for, these like endless chains, basically, of double-sided pyramids just kind of floating around. Okay, so it's, eight-sided dice... I, I'll, I'll just freaking send you a picture sometime. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's what they look like. They look like, oh, you know what they look like? The plumb bobs from uh, Sims. 
Oh, okay. Yep, there it is. They look like that. Imagine a bunch of those surrounding a giant um, bunch of tentacles. And that's and what... There's the my touchstone. Is. There you go. Nice. Anyway, that's my slightly, slightly interesting anecdote. So let's go down with the show. Alrighty. It's time to discuss the episode. Jimmy, as I mentioned, we're discussing Season 1, Episode 44, Legendary Heroes, Part 2. Which begins with uh, a Mokuba-narrated recap. It is extremely grating. It's a choice. It's a choice. You it's, know. An interesting, uh, it's an interesting stylistic choice. It's me, Mokuba. I'm going to read you the entire recap of the episode. See, when you do the Mokuba voice like that, it really makes me think that he's Benjamin Buttoning. Like it Help makes me Seto. Like it makes me think that he's the older brother, right? But he's like sixty. Shrinking. He's like sixty years old with Benjamin Buttons, so he's like he looks like an eight year old child, and he calls Seto Big Brother as like a joke. But it's been a joke for so long that they that's that's just instinct for them right big brother i'm shriveling into a baby it's a choice to be fair any brother of uh mokuba's is going to be the big brother because he is tiny that's true i mean that's not his fault you know no uh it's it's a glandular thing i'm sure notice uh a lot during this episode we get a lot of uh far off shots of the group together Mm-hmm. And he is exactly as tall as Yugi, and Yugi is exactly half as tall as Mai. Yeah, there is a lot of comparing Yugi's height to other people this episode. It, yeah. Uh, wow. Yep. You just you forget about that for a while, huh? Oh yeah, he's just a real, real short kid. Like you see the group from afar several times, and Mai's legs just come up to like his shoulders. And I. The thing about it for me is like with both Mokuba and Yugi, like I don't care that they're short. That's like people of all heights exist in like the real world. Yeah. The reason I keep bringing it up is you, you and maybe this is just because it's an anime, you just genuinely don't get any perspective for like how much physical space these characters take up until they're put into like comparison with other characters yeah and you realize suddenly like oh this major character in this show like can sit on the head of a pin right like yeah oh oh they're oh it's a it's a it's a pixie like we got fairies in this episode oh we have a we have a sprite who's just been with us the whole time who we followed this entire like previous arc yeah but just imagine if, like, you're hanging out with your friend who's, like, fully twice as tall as you are. Can you imagine how weird that would be to be at crotch height with everyone around you? I mean, I'm kind of amazed that they don't have, like, a complex about it. But, like, maybe Mokuba does, you know? Maybe that's why he, like, mugged a kid on Duelist Kingdom and is now, like, running uh, fucking, what is it, Kaiba Land? Kaiba Land, Kaiba Land yeah. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But it's all that to say, we get a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. Uh, boy, what else? Like from the last episode, kind of carries over. Uh, Kimo and the gang still trying to unplug our boys. Yep. Uh, they're they're 
knocking down the doors of Kaiba's secret lab and Tristan and Tay are holding them off. Yeah, they have the door barricaded, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure last episode we saw that the door slides open to the side like a Star Trek door. So I'm not entirely oh. sure how they're keeping it closed. Yeah, you know, you're right. Right? Yeah. They just have a bunch of stuff stacked in front of the door. I mean, so I'm may- not entirely hmm. sure what's going on there. I mean, maybe the weight against it is keeping it from sliding? Huh. Maybe the door like, slides off to the side of the wall, but it's still like right. you can touch it. It's not going into the wall. And then they have like a a box on the other side. I don't know. We're putting in too much thought to this Way too much. Detail. Uh, yeah, and then the other thing from the last episode is, uh, the first thing that we cut to, which is Joey and my, uh, it's totally my, it's totally my, it's obviously uh, my, in the Coliseum, really clueless and don't see it until she literally takes off her mask. Right. Yeah. Joey, uh, has entered this Coliseum match because they need to get the, uh, what's it called? The Niwa... Nakatomi? No. Nope, that's Die Hard. Uh, Ni- oh, God, I wrote it down. It's the Chocobo card. It's the Chocobo card. Niwatori, is that right? Yeah, Niwa... Oh, it's Niwatori? fucking halfway through my notes from last episode. It's the... Yeah, it's Niwatori. It's in- Niwatori? All right. Whew. It's the uh, it's a big fat chicken that you can ride. Yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the chocobo, it's the kaku, it's the yeah. Uh and so they need to get that card so Joey enters a coliseum gladiatorial type thing to win it. He's introduced as Senior Porky, his fursona. Uh actually no, I feel like I feel like Senior Porky is fully Yugi's fursona. <laughs> Joey is Joey is still the I think the dog suit at heart. Um, he but just he's, doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, you know, but he's he's covering for Yugi, uh, and he's fighting against Madame Butterfly, uh, who is absolutely one hundred percent, without a doubt, my in a mask. Uh, and the show opens on a line that I loved, <laughs> which is they like start this duel, I guess. And is it he really says, a duel if you can just summon whatever cards I, you want? I mean, how is that different, honestly, from previous episodes? I don't know. I mean, that's it's essentially we're just back to episode one rules at this point, right? Yeah. Uh and Joey says to to my, you know what I love most about butterflies? They don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like yeah, they're shit talking each other. Yeah, I, like I get what he's going for there, but it's just such a. Oh, if if you weren't saying that to my, I'd be really happy. If you said that to anybody else, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're dueling and it's fine. Uh, they play like their classic cards. You know, Joey opens with flaming swordsman. Uh, my plays or pardon me, Madam Butterfly plays. Harpy Lady, uh, at which everyone fucking goes, oh, Harpy Lady. Hmm, interesting. This where have is I something that seems before? familiar about this situation. I wonder where I've seen it before. Hmm, uh, hmm. who could it be? How about that? <laughs> uh, 
Joey attacks and uh, Flaming Swordsman is repelled by the mirror wall trap, which is another one of Mai's cards. And Joey's like, huh, where have I seen this play before? Where do I, where do I recognize this strategy? Which I feel like really says something about the world that they inhabit, where they recognize somebody not by any of the obvious physical signs, like that she has Mai's hair or Mai's clothes or Mai's or she, laugh or like or her whatever. Voice. Or her voice, you know. No, no, no. I recognize that card strategy. <laughs> Only one person has ever played Harpy Lady. Like, do they all have face blindness? Is that a thing? Huh, maybe they do. Or maybe, or maybe div- because she's wearing a mask. So That's div- why they all have wacky hair, so they can tell each other apart. Solved it. There it is. Nailed Everyone it. Everyone in this world has face blindness. Uh, <laughs> moving along, because I don't think we're topping that. Uh, he, uh, what happens? Oh, uh, Joey realizes yeah. it's my. Yeah, he, I think it's after the mirror wall trap where he's like, okay, that's it. There's only one duelist that could be this annoying. Uh, and uh, as soon as Harpy Lady's about to attack again, he rips off his pig mask and reveals that he is Joey. And Mai recognizes him and, and has uh, uh, Harpy Lady stop the attack. Yeah, at the last mask. second, the Harpy Lady is like literally mid-whip. And the whip is flying through the air at Flame Swordsman when she tells it to stop. And so the whip stops like an inch away from Flame Swordsman. And I'm pretty sure that's not how whips work. Because the whole point of a whip is that it breaks the sound barrier, which is why yeah. it goes whip. It's it's like, I mean, it's like in the uh, in the, the parlance of the game. It's like the sprite stopped mid-animation. Yeah. It's just kind of hanging there in midair, sort of coiled around on itself. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't work in physics. That's not how physics do. Uh, but so she takes off her mask, and then everyone realizes, oh, it's my okay, cool. Uh, it's just like in uh, Thor Ragnarok when he sees it's the Hulk coming out. I know him. It's a friend from work. Uh, but unlike uh, Thor Ragnarok, they don't keep fighting. Uh, they they all become friends, and uh, Yugi and Mokuba rush into the ring. Uh, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok, which is why I'm rushing away from it. Uh, and what, really? uh, yeah, I know. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's been on the list. I'll have to see it before fucking end game. I guess. I don't want to see end game. Is that bad? Why don't you want to see it? Because you've been so, talking, you've been so mad about just the entire concept of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a while. I, I I have been. It just I think that's why I've just spent so much time being angry at it. Where I'm like, you know what? I just need to let bygones and just let it be. You know, like Infinity War really did me did me wrong. You know, I I just couldn't. I don't know. I mean, it's fine. People can get excited for them. That's cool. But, like, I can't use Instagram anymore because that's all it is. I go to my Explorer and it's just, like, the same five people freaking out about oh, Endgame. making Thanos memes. Like, yeah, or or just, like, you know, the people who talk about, oh, I bet you it's going to do this and here's my prediction for the plot. And I'm like, no, y'all fucking know how it's going to end. 
We've seen it. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we want to go into it in this episode. Like, this is not need to be my ranting about the Marvel Cinematic Universe episode, but I don't know. I'm just over it. Well, I want to say personally that I'm, well, I'm not super hyped for it, but I'm excited for it. And I'm ready to see some dumb time travel bullshit and cosmic shenanigans. So like, maybe you can, maybe you can help me then. Like what, what is it about this movie that has everyone so excited? If we know like, all right, time travel bullshit's going to happen. They're going to get the the people who Dunbin snapped because they're going to use Ant-Man's Quantum Realm van to, to go back in time and uh, to get the stones before Thanos does. And then they're going to get, uh, you know, fucking Vision to have the Mind Stone and uh, Captain Marvel to have the Power Stone or the, the Guardians to have the Power Stone and Captain Marvel to have the War Stone and Thor's going to have the other thing. And, like... People are excited because they love these characters who we've been spending time with since frickin' 2008. I guess. Earlier, if you count the, the uh, Hulk movies... <laughs> Which many people don't because yeah. they're not that good. Yeah, true. I don't know. I just are they good characters? People like them. All right. Do you want to get back to the episode? Yeah, I don't. I don't okay. For me, it started with Civil War is is the thing, if you want to get real, because everyone at the end of Civil War was like, oh my god, the whole cinematic universe has been completely upended. Will they get back together? Uh, what's what's going to happen? Will they be ever be friends again? Like, yeah, motherfucker, there's going to be another Avengers movie. A, could you imagine throwing away the money if they didn't make an Avengers movie? B, he fucking says at the end of the movie, I'll always be there for you. Tony, I love you. Tony, I want to put my I want to put my handsome mouth against your handsome mouth. You just give me a ring, baby. And he like mails him a cell phone because Tony Stark can't fucking afford a cell phone apparently. Ah, uh, I've seen you. I see you've been onto the uh, the fanfiction dot uh, net forums. It's frankly more interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I'm sorry. There it is. Uh, yeah, Kaiba and, uh, fuck it, no, not Kaiba. Mokuba and Yugi well, rush out of the ring. Well, Kaiba. Thurp, 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 thurp. Yeah, everyone jumps into the arena. Uh, like, and hey, Mai, what are you doing Mai, here? Yeah, she explains she's been testing the game for, quote, some suits at Kaiba Corp. Which what is, a coincidence uh, that, like, not, this is still, like, two days after Duelist Kingdom, Right. So she flew back or took the boat back and immediately uh, went to this company to do video game testing for them. I guess. It's another, like, it's kind of incomprehensible to me that the big five would, like, do this. Like, oh, yeah, we just have game testers in this prison that we built for Kaiba. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, like... He'll get out if somebody beats the game. And we've got people in there, like, actively trying to beat the game. You know, we're paying them to... To, to beat the game. To beat the game, you know. Uh, but they're never... That's, that's not going to happen. 
Yeah, why would you make this VR trap for one person and also have other people in there just to make sure that it's working correctly? That's like that's like if in Saw, Jigsaw had like hired people to test like fun versions of his traps. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, but he's like, also got like some hired like detectives and some cops in there uh, who are actively searching for him. R- right, yeah, like, but he's paying them to be there. Like, he invited them, and, yeah. and now they're just, like, all in it together, and they're not the ones hey, in the torture traps. I'll, I'll pay you $2,000 to make sure this bear trap works. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how Saw goes, you, actually. Yeah, if you, if you solve my bear trap puzzle... Um, I will lose, and my my captives are going to be freed. But I want you to to make sure my traps are working. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's not just like all. Lo- it's not just if you solve it. It's I have these five people in a room, and if any of them solve my bear trap puzzle, the one person I care about goes free. <laughs> I could have just put this one person in there, and I know they're not going to make it out. But like, well, yeah, you could have put them in there and then unplugged it. And like lock the door so no one ever finds their body, but but no, we just had to make it into a fucking rat race. It is rat race. It's very contrived. Which one of them's the Rowan Atkinson character? It's a race. <laughs> uh, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Uh, the boys tell Mai uh, that she could be in trouble. They explain the whole situation uh, in a cutaway. Thank God. We don't have to listen to it again. Uh, and Mai says, uh, oh, yeah, they explain that they need the Niwatori card. And Mai is like, oh, you just need the card? That's easy. All right. And tells Harpy Lady to use Rose Whip and fucking Indiana Jones style whips the card out of its like stand I don't even know how many hundreds of feet away. Just yeah, like, it's in this little like box next to the troll dude who's like running the arena, mm-hmm. and it just gets whipped right out of there, and then they book it. Yeah, so apparently, like theft was just an option the whole time. Oh yeah, you didn't actually have to fight each other for this card. It's not like under any sort of protection. It was right there. Just reach over and grab it. God, every video game needs this. Every video game needs the pacifist option. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and then they book it, uh, chased by an angry mob. Yeah, the mob is angry because all the NPCs wanted to watch some dang fighting, and they're not getting the fighting. So they're going to go fight them. And you know how those NPCs get when their feelings get hurt. Yep, they angry mob it up, and then... They're running away, and so Joey just plays the trap hole card, and he just straights up murders like 50 NPCs by dropping them into a giant hole in the ground. I kind of wanted him to get, like, experience or coin or something from this, because I thought it was so brilliant. If He's just like, they're all running, they're running, they're running, there's a big old mob behind them, and he spins around and he goes, trap hole, which is a bad name for a card. Uh, and, and he yells, trap hole, and this, like, Fisher appears in the ground just swallowing 50 this people massive whole. crater yeah he should get uh some loot or something 
a little, know, uh, a little tool tip to pop up being like, your bounty in Riften is increased to 50 gold. <laughs> I was kind of... Exp- well, maybe they did drop loot and it's just at the bottom of the hole. Ah, oh, that's what it is. Yep. That's what you get for uh, using terrain deformation. <laughs> Gotta go down in the hole now. Uh, and they keep booking it and they get to the edge of the desert uh, and play the Tori card, which summons their chocobos. Uh, and, uh, yeah. They hop they, on and... They set off. Yep. They... And they get probably about as far as they did last time, and then another thing happens. Yeah, they ha- this, this is my one of my favorite lines in the whole episode, but I think it's Yugi who says, oh no, it's an obstacle programmed into the game. <laughs> which oh is no, because... My- because uh, fucking somebody's like, what is it, an earthquake, a natural phenomenon? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. completely virtual reality environment. No, it's an obstacle programmed into the game, which is my catchphrase whenever I'm playing a video game and I encounter an enemy. Oh, no, I mean, that's an obstacle that's been programmed into the game. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's a mantra that we could all use just in real life. <laughs> Come across an asshole at work. Oh no, it's an obstacle that's been programmed into the game. I have to do my taxes. Oh no, it's an obstacle programmed into the game. Ah, oh, that should have been a recommendation this week, Jimmy. Everybody do your taxes. It's almost you know, too late. Should I have did done do my ago. taxes, and you know what? Uh, I had to do like I had to sit down and spend like three hours doing this uh, paperwork stuff for the Oregon Transit tax. Because it was it wasn't taken out of my paycheck because I work across the river in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and they just found out about it like six months after the fact, and so I had to do all this paperwork and spend all this time just to figure out that I owe the state of Oregon three dollars. <laughs> and uh, you're gonna pay in nickels. <laughs> I just wrote him a check for three dollars. It's the most work I've ever done. To pay someone else money, I got a check. I got a check from our alma mater for like two dollars sixty-five because I overpaid my tuition bill (laughs) by two dollars and sixty-five cents. Yep, I actually never cashed that check. (laughs) (laughs) I think I just forgot about it. It probably cost them more to like print out the check and send it to you than it did Mm -hmm. to like actually get that money. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, if you think that's fun, Jimmy, so this is my last time doing taxes for just one country. Ooh, yeah. So later later this year, because it's like Oh, man, October-ish that's going to be a pain in the for ass, us. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I am a, uh, I, I am a UK, US citizen. Mm-hmm. I am a self-employed contractor, which means I get to do my own fucking taxes, uh, and, uh, because of the way, uh, my like credit card debt, student loan debt, all that stuff is in the U S I get to figure out a way to do it all, uh, paying taxes for two countries. Yeah. And the company you work for is still technically an American company, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But it, it just has a UK branch that you work for. Uh no, not even that. No, no, no. I I I technically work for the California company. Oh. Uh yeah, that part is interesting. 
Well, good luck figuring all that out. Thanks. Anyway, uh, back to anime. Back to an obstacle programmed into the game. It's an obstacle programmed into the game. It's just a... What, what did they name this thing? Sandstorm oh, monster? God. Yeah, it's... Uh... Oh, I no. Think they yeah, just call yeah, it I wrote Sandstorm down. monster. It's, it's literally Sandstorm monster. And somebody fucking says, like, we'll never get past this. But then Joey goes, I'll kick over this sandcastle with my red eyes, black dragon. And he fucking one-shots it. Yeah, he plays Red Eyes Black Dragon, which insta-kills this giant, like, sand dragon tentacle boss it, thing. Yeah, like, swoops in with, like, a 360 no-scope <laughs> as as somebody is saying, we'll never get past this. It obliterates itself. There's a lot of that in this episode. Yeah. Imagine if that was true in every video game and, like, every monster you see, you just happen to have with you uh, a nuke that you can drop on it. No matter I mean, that's, how That's kind of how I ended is. up playing Fallout. <laughs> you get you to got, a certain point. You ha- you get that gun that shoots the whatever it is, the the the, like, the, the mini nuke gun nuke thing. Mhm. Mhm. I mean, you know, I'm just saying if all your tools are nuclear weapons. <laughs> uh they get past the monster and through the dust they see what could it be a mysterious temple you mean like uh, the temple that was uh spoken of in legend well apparently so last episode mokobo was like this old lady told me about a man and uh another man and they were both going to that mountain over there but now apparently the old woman was like oh yeah actually it was a temple oh yeah and the temple's in the desert there's no mountain here there's no mountain it, there's not it's like in the side of a hill yeah eh, it's I not guess. actually a mountain so uh he rides off and joey rides off after him he he yells uh giddy up drumsticks because uh, he named his chocobo uh yeah and my makes fun of him for naming his his mount essentially his steed his steed uh, Drumsticks is a pretty good name for a chicken. Yeah, that's pretty I'm good. Just gonna, I'm just going to say up top. That's pretty good. Uh, they arrive at the temple. Mokuba takes off running. Yeah, he just books it inside by himself. What could possibly go wrong here? I mean, he's a he's a three-foot-tall child. Probably invincible. I mean, you know, he's already he's already separated his soul from his body once. Like, yeah. What's, what's one more time going to do you? He's just jaded uh, by now. Yeah. And Joey says, we'd better catch up with him or we'll lose both of them Kaiba Bredas. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, accurate. Uh, they all follow inside and it looked, is it just me or did it not really look like a temple to you? Was it kind of just like, no, like it, a shitty cave? They go inside this like majestic temple and right inside it's literally just a cave. I feel like it's like one of those... Um, sets in wild west shows and like old movies where it's like the front half of a building but the oh, back yeah, is just, just like propped the facade up yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's just a facade and it's just a fake temple propped up against the side of this mountain and uh yeah and the cave is like i don't know it, okay it's fine it's a cave it's it's cavey yeah uh they they're walking along they find these big double doors 
uh, you know, as you do in a cave. And Joey swings them open and they enter the next level of the video game, the Labyrinth Dungeon, mm-hmm. which is just like the place that we fought them Paradox Brothers. Uh, yeah, the... notably this Labyrinth um, is, it's not like, it's not floor to ceiling like you would expect a Labyrinth to be. Oh, no, 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 it's not. It's like, it's like a, it's like a hedge maze. Yeah, it's almost like a, like a hedge maze made of rock inside this big cavern. So they could just go over it if they wanted to. Right, but they, they have don't. that ability. They yeah. could literally just like summon a dragon and fly over, which is the thing they recommend. Like they suggest that as a solution to an alternate problem later on. I yeah. don't know why they couldn't have done that here. They uh, a lot of problems, a lot of obstacles programmed into this game could have been avoided entirely if they just summoned one of their many flying dual monsters and hitched a ride. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They don't get a whole lot of planning time, though, because the doors close behind them, to which Mai immediately says, I'm totally freaked. (laughs) Uh, Somebody from inside the maze, uh, like a a girl's voice, screams, which prompts Joey to take off running, uh, at which Mai says, that Joey will do anything to meet a girl. I guess he realizes that I'm way out of his league. And she, why like, would she bring that up if she wasn't hair. thinking about dating Joey? I this is this is the episode, man. I'm telling you. I, I told you I told you a while back. Yeah, this is this is like when the show starts putting all the characters of like hair colors together. That's the true, blonde characters must go together, the brunette characters must go together. They must have enormous they both have enormous amounts of blonde hair. They do. Uh I feel kind of weird about this because my is like like definitely at least in her late 20s right like yeah from i mean i'm sure she's like actually like a teenager still but oh, you she, think she's like she's like a cool 16 year old that's what i'm the vibe i'm getting from the show but i'm like 90 percent sure she's actually she looks like 25 yeah like i wouldn't be surprised if she was like 30 yeah right she's like, a full-grown woman especially because like it's implied earlier on that she's been around she's got money like she's had a job she's robbed a bank she's a professional duelist right and she's hanging out with these high school kids and apparently starts crushing on one of them because that's really the only reason that you would say the things that my says this episode uh they rush in after Joey and a bunch of labyrinth tanks just smash through the wall, I guess. Just appear, yeah. Drill those um, are their way in. We've seen these before, right? In the other labyrinth episode? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everything we see here is, is straight from the labyrinth episode. Yep. But they're literally just tanks with giant drills on the front so they can just punch their way through mazes or labyrinths, if dance, you will. baby, dance. Jump, magic, jump. Uh, so they get trapped uh, in a like a three-way T intersection by three tanks, and Yugi plays magical hats, and a giant magical hat falls on them, and uh, they are magically teleported to another hat that's just like one square away on like the another side of the wall, and so they're safe yeah, from convenient the tanks. that yeah, 
conveniently, uh, magical hats works on them. Uh, In Soviet Russia, magical hats work on you. uh, So they scoot, they like, they're like underneath this hat and just kind of like, it's like Solid Snake under his uh, cardboard box. Yes, no, except totally it's is. in a giant top hat. I really want that uh, that little sound to play when they take the hat off. Dun 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 dun. Uh, and they take the hat off, and a fairy appears, uh, just like a fairy did in the last episode. And they're all like, "Oh, I remember this." And we have a flashback to one episode previous where this exact thing happened. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we should follow the fairy." And so they're following it, they're following it, they're following it, and they find a little girl who looks suspiciously like Mokuba. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, to which Joey says, look at that, Mokuba. It's like the fairy made you into a girl. And Mokuba's retort is potentially my favorite part of the entire episode. Mokuba says, great, can she make you smart? I w- it's a great line. It's an. Um, would you like some aloe for that burn, <sighs> sir? It is an amazing line. But this raises a very uh, concerning question. Did Kaiba design an NPC that's a gender-swapped version of his own brother? I'm an only child, so I'm going to have to ask you, Tyler. That's weird, right? I mean... I'm, like, I'm, I'm be honest. Like, if this was, like... Th- the 90s early 2000s because this is this is a joke from a different time right like this is not this is not a joke that will play today honestly like i guess this is not a thing that is that is like oh okay it's a fine it's a girl version of my my brother's a girl all right like that's that's like that's like that's a nothing sentence nowadays if it were the 90s and I was mad at my little brother. There would be nothing funnier than the world for, than for me to make him a girl version then of my video game. Then make an NPC of your brother. Who's yeah, I'd be like, oh, look, it's you with it's you with boobs. <laughs> because we were all dipshits in the nineties. Well, that's true. We all were. But still, uh, making a yeah, that'd be, that'd be fucking hilarious your, if I was like, angry at my brother. That'd be a, that'd be a, a sick burn uh, among among burns you know like that would be okay that'd be prime comedy so you're thinking this is kaiba roasting his little brother by making an a girl npc of him i think that's one read on it i think when we get to know who this girl is i actually have a very different read on it i don't know if this is the right read i don't think this is supposed to be mokuba I think this is their mom. Okay, now that's weird. I think, and and like, so okay, so they're orphans, right? They were not, not orphans, but they knew their dad. Their dad abandoned them. They went to like foster care for a while or something. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a very it's not really explained. We know about their dad. We know nothing about their mom, right? We've never seen her. Uh but we know that she existed at one point we assume if kaiba is you know a bit older it it could stand a reason that he maybe has some like vague and distant memories of of knowing their mother and it could just be that like kaiba looks like their dad and mokuba looks like their mom and because they don't have any photographs or anything 
he just he knew he knew that like okay like mokobo looks like mom let me make a video game version of mom uh as a as a girl and it just like happens to look like mokoba okay this started off i thought was weird creepy but now it's just sad creepy i yeah it's it's Making i think my version that darker. looks like a young version of your mom i mean it's it's like a back to the future kind of thing right that's even worse <laughs> i mean not like not like that way not in that way not in in an incestuous way. No, I don't know. I mean, it's like because it, this doesn't feel like. And let's just we'll skip ahead a little bit. Essentially, uh, the 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 girl is uh, a princess named Lady Adina, uh, as you can tell they, from her outfit and her tiara and her fairy attendant. Yeah, like she's lost too. Uh, they go to the end of the maze. At the end of the maze is a gate guardian. Mai is like, I can't think of anything that can defeat that except Joey and Yugi do in one turn. Yeah, it's a card game. There's a hundred ways to defeat it, especially when you can just play any card you want. Uh, and and then essentially like the these like knights and villagers and whoever come out of the shadows and they find Lady Adina, and uh, yeah, like her personality is very like kind and giving and caring and she's this like noble ruler from this fantasy kingdom and and it doesn't feel like it's a like if if the if the original goal was to burn mokuba by making a girl version of mokuba like that's not what this is this is like a good character this is maybe a better character than mokuba (laughs) i mean probably but she is a better voice than mokuba i'll give you that kind of a generic princess npc figure from video games yeah yeah exactly exactly uh point out uh they mm. see gate guardian but whoever did the subtitles uh wasn't aware of its name so it wrote it down as almost like a japanese oh no no no, that's that's what that is. That's the, that's the 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 uh anglicized uh japanese name well, that's what it's, they write it, it in the subtitles as instead of Gate Guardian. Yeah, I, that, I think that's that's supposed to be the real name of the of the Gate Guardian. Huh. Which, like, I, because you say it and you're like, mm, that's just somebody saying Gate Guardian in an offensive Japanese accent. I don't know if that's the intent or if that's actually how a Japanese person would say it, and I'm too afraid to ask. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they did put it in the subtitles that way, huh? Yeah. Well. And Yugi says, we can do anything by working together. And so he and Joey play Red Eyes and Summon Skull and just polymerize them together with their super awesome cheat card to form Black Skull Dragon, which one-shots this <laughs> the Gate Guardian oh, boss. No, they, they, also, they also give it uh, one of your favorite cards, Dragon Nails. Oh, yeah. They give him dragon nails, so uh, he he goes to the salon and looks. Gets a mani pedi. <laughs> he gets a lovely manicure and then doesn't use them because he doesn't use a slashing attack. He just breathes fire or whatever and one shots this gate guardian. Yep. 
Literally, I don't know what could possibly defeat this. Every every giant monster they come across, they just one-shot. So I don't know where the skill in this game is supposed to come from. Yeah, who fucking knows? They struggled more against the zombies in the first episode. Right, and that was just because, like, Joey had never played the game before, right? Like, that was the tutorial level. And then they're like, oh, we can just summon any monster we want? Okay. And they do. Yeah, it's like it's like if you're playing Dark Souls, and then once you get past the first like hour, you can just beat anything, right? Like that's that's what this is. Once you get past the first hour, you get a, a magical sword that can one hit kill every boss. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like playing Zelda, but every time you're going through a dungeon and you encounter a boss, you just summon Ganondorf, who kills them instantly. <laughs> Oh, so it's like how uh, it's like how I beat uh, which game was that? Was it Oracle of Ages? Yeah, you remember the Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Season I never games. Played those ones. Oh man, okay, so those are really good. They were on Game Boy Color. Uh, I played them with a Game Shark. Oh, so you just cheated your way through? And I have zero shame <laughs> because those are the only Zelda games that I beat before Breath of the Wild. Really? Yep. Wait, any Zelda game? Yep. Including Ocarina of Time? To this day, I have not beaten Ocarina of Time. Fair. <laughs> I played it as a kid. To and my great shame. Couldn't get past the freaking, like, first, uh, the, uh, the jungle temple. The, what's the first Zelda dungeon? This is dumb. Uh, I'm going to look it up. How come forest? I... I'm, in the... the forest temple not jungle temple i couldn't get past the forest temple which is the first one in the game until i came home from college like the first time and randomly decided to pull out my n64 and beat it in like three days <laughs> the whole game i mean more power to you i guess what are we talking about uh we were talking about uh, absolutely annihilating every obstacle, eh, every obstacle they come across. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens. Which uh, is funny because Mai and... says, "I hate this. Everything's rigged against us." Uh, number one, well, yeah, it's a video game. But two, uh, no, it's not. You can literally play any card you want at any time and just win instantly. Yeah, this is really the point where we realize that Mai is kind of a one-trick pony. Like, she's got Fairy Lady, uh, pardon me, Harpy Lady, Harpy Lady, Harpy Lady. Uh, Who could forget Harpy Lady? uh, Elegant Egotist, Harpy Lady's Pet, Rose Whip, Cyber Armor. I think those are all of her cards that I just listed from memory. Yeah, her whole deck is based around bringing out harpies and powering up those harpies. And I'm wondering where I mean, Exodia is. I mean, I know the ooh. cards are waterlogged. Just put them in your deck. The machine doesn't know. Oh, but maybe it's like when you have like a like a dollar bill that's like kind of like damp and wrinkly, and the and the machine won't take it. Oh, so you, th- you think that they're they've been damaged too far? Well, you know, use. you just gotta you just gotta put it up against the against the corner of the machine. You know, rub it back and forth a little bit, straighten it out. That'll, that'll, that'll let it uh, that'll let it slide right in. 
No, I don't know what happened to Exodia. I kind of I miss Exodia. Yeah, I miss my little buddy. <laughs> Our good friend Exodia. Uh, I'm pretty sure if they had Exodia in this game, it would just blow up the servers. It would crash the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to win, right? Just by shutting down the whole system of Kaiba Corp. Yeah, nothing can go wrong. Exodia, divide by zero. <laughs> if there is any monster that could divide by zero, it would be Exodia. <laughs> Uh, so they defeat Gate Guardian and a group of guards and an old lady appear from the, uh, the labyrinth exit and they call the little girl Lady Adina for the first time. Uh, Lady Adina tells them that the Scooby gang saved her, that they're the bravest warriors she's ever seen. They're just like uh, the, heroes, they're the of heroes of legend, uh, which is a phrase where if you missed it, don't worry, we'll say it again and again and again. It's the episode title. It's the episode title. It's the title of the episode before that. The title of the episode before that. Uh, and uh, they go to leave the labyrinth, and they cut to Kaiba suspended over a pit of lava. Yep. Our friend Kaiba is captive. Uh, and then uh, just straight up Taco from Adventure Zone rises out of the floor. Doesn't you know, he look exactly from TV? like him? Oh yeah, it's it's Okay, I'm po- yeah, I'm positive. There's at least a few of our fans who are Adventure Zone listeners. Like just picture Taco. It's Taco rises In up out suit. of the floor. In a suit. Yeah, that's true. So it's it's Tokic. It Tokets. How do you say that that ship name? What is it? Tokets. The crap crab Tokets. Yeah, it's it's Taco and Kravitz's suit is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's uh, Witty Phantom. Right. And uh, Kaiba is incensed that he is being trapped by his own monster. And he demands to be let go. Yeah, but... That's kind of just how the scene goes. The Witty Phantom tells him that uh, he's not running the show anymore. Um all the holodeck safety protocols are off. Someone else is running the world now. And so he's screwed, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, that there's nothing he can do and that he is going to be an offering uh, to a dragon, apparently. Yeah. What's the name of this thing? It's like... The Elder Dragon? Elder Dragon. The Ancient Dragon. The fantasy dragon. A big spooky dragon. Uh, and Mythic uh, dragon. There it is. The what? Mythic. Mythic dragon. We were almost there. We almost had it. Uh, but yeah, Witty Phantom uh, sort of tells him that he's fucked uh, and he's going to go find the other offering for the dragon because apparently we need two is just how it works in this world. Uh, and then we cut back to Yugi and the boys. Yugi and the gang are in fancy carriages being pulled by another breed of chocobo. And they look out the window and they see this castle on this mountain in the distance. Do you think Kaiba was just jealous of Pegasus's castle? Like that was really the reason it's, it's in like a fantasy world. Oh, I'm a hundred percent sure. Because it didn't have to be fantasy, right? It could have been like 
ancient Egyptian. It could have been sci-fi. It could have been in outer space. But no, it's specifically a fantasy game. Yeah, I'm surprised there aren't more, like, blue eyes just flying around the world. Right. But, no, I don't know. I think he just wanted a castle. I'm I'm sure he could buy a castle with his Kybercorp money. I... Who knows? You know, just gotta make one yourself. Yep. Uh, they are talking about... What are they talking about? Adina. Oh, they are they just talking that, about her? Yeah, they... They they tell Mokuba that he should be flattered that Kaiba based such a cool character on you, uh, and then they mm. look out at the window and see the castle. And Joey says, "I hope they have food in this game." <laughs> so, uh, Adina has, I will say, the most stereotypical fantasy British accent. Yeah, it's she's worse than Bakura. Yeah, like it's 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 like it was ripped from like EverQuest. <laughs> It's not a very good British accent. Not a real one. No. Uh, they get to the castle. And Joey uh, says, Whoa, check out this pad. Just to check make out sure this pad indeed. that you, the audience, know that this is like the early 2000s. Right. Or 1998 or, uh, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fantasy cribs. Uh, and uh, they, they get inside and they're all eating dinner. Uh, These are the best uh, subtitles of the show, by the way. It cuts the outside as they um, enter the castle. And the mm -hmm. subtitles are just, Joey makes rude eating noises. (laughs) (laughs) And he is. He's just like... Yeah, I mean, you know, fair. I wonder if that was in the script. Like, if that's the only direction they give that voice actor. (laughs) Probably. Makes make some eating noises, make but make them rude, rude. Rude eating noises. And give, me the, says, give me them raunchy munches. <laughs> Those nasty noms. ASMR is not a thing yet, but let's lean into that. Gross. Uh, Mai says, careful, everyone, keep your hands and feet away from Joey's mouth. <laughs> As he's just going to town on this, like, roast pig or whatever they're eating. Mm-hmm. And it's exposition time. As they're eating... Yay. Yay. So the princess tells him that Kaiba is an offering to the mythic dragon. He's trapped in a floating castle. And Yugi says, oh, the castle of dark illusions. That sounds familiar. Uh, now, just, now, wait. So does she say the name of the castle or does he just like jump to that conclusion? He just jumps to that conclusion. because. But he's right, apparently. Yeah. Because that's just how the game works. It's everything is dual monsters. So, floating castle only one castle be, and dual monsters. There's only one floating castle. The Castle of Dark Illusions. Uh, you need to blow up its flotation ring if you want to be able to get in. Oh, I was I wrote a note on this earlier. Uh, if you stab the moon in this game, does it just become uh, Majora's Mask? Just blow up this oh. whole virtual reality world? Again, you know, there are just so many ways out of this box, and they're just they're just following the main quest. Follow that script. I guess. So many things could have been solved by either swords or flying monsters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, they, they they get like a history lesson on this this magical land. What is it? What is it actually called, Jimmy? Because you have one thing written in your notes, and I have a completely not a completely different thing, but a, a different enough thing. Is it the land of? Sin Lao? 
That's what the subtitles have it. Sin Lao. Oh, because I heard Sim with an M. Like <laughs> Sim Lao. Like, Welcome to the Sims. Like, a, well, I'm thinking like, okay, like it's like a simulation. Mm-hmm. That would be good, but, but Sin Lao. Sin Lao is the name does of that, the kingdom. Does that have any like significance? Is that is that a thing, or is that just like? I was wondering you know, if it was like, uh, like an acronym or. Boy, I can't think today. I'm trying to remember of what you call it when you take a word and rearrange the letters to form another word. Like an anagram? An anagram, yeah. If it's an anagram for something, but I can't think of what it would be. I googled Sin Lao, and apparently they're a doctor. Well, That's about it. That's about all I got. This fantasy kingdom named after a single doctor. In Lancashire. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, there's yeah. like a painting on the wall and the princess says that long ago a hero was able to escape the floating castle. Uh, apparently, the hero of time. The hero of time was able to escape the floating castle apparently in that sandbird from Super Mario Sunshine on the obnoxious oh, levels yeah. where you have to get all the red coins. Oh, I thought that looked familiar. It looks exactly like it. Uh yeah, and and apparently there's a there's a mythic dragon, and every year it needs a sacrifice from each kingdom. There are two kingdoms apparently. We don't ever get the name of the other kingdom. No, it's just referred it's to just as the other kingdom. The other one, you know, the, import- the other one, the important story place, and that other one. Right. Um. Really, really makes me wonder about like, like U.S. politics. You know, like it's 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 really just we're in we're in this country or there's the other one yeah or europe <laughs> i was gonna say the two Russia. countries okay uh and uh yeah so they uh essentially say like y'all are probably the legendary heroes again congratulations uh you need to get to the floating castle and there's only one way to get there uh to which my says uh well we could we could fly there on Joey's dragon that he's summoned a bunch of times. Thank you, Mai, the only smart character on the show, for saying what we the audience are thinking. But... And the princess is like, nope, sorry, it's got a magical force field. You gotta use the plot device. <laughs> you have to use the magical plot device, uh, flying machine. Which, yeah, that All was right. like f- abandoned a thousand years ago, and nobody knows where it is. So, suit up. Yeah. So, you have to... We just happen to have these trunks in the attic full of legendary hero clothes for all of you guys. And so they... See, I think I think that that part's bullshit. I think this is, like... This is their, like, community theater, like, backstage. Oh, it 100% is. It's just, like, one chest that they open up and they have all these, like, random bric-a-brac clothes that they... It's like a plastic sword. Yeah. Because uh, they they go upstairs and there's there's these trunks and they're essentially there's like a like a shopping montage where they all put on costumes right yeah because uh, you can't be an epic hero without wearing the epic legendary hero clothes right so, there's a shot this is the first time I really noticed it there's a shot with Yugi and Mai who apparently just like got dressed in the same place I don't know what that's about nice. Uh, <laughs> No, it's because it's like this is really when like you see his forehead comes up to about her waist. Yes, it's weird. And you're like, wait a second, 
Wait, hold on. Wait. My, are, did you a grown woman you? get dressed in this room with this like very young child? This like I mean high school freshman boy. I mean, maybe to her, she, she, it's just like, oh, this is like a toddler. Like, yeah, I gotta help my like <laughs> my friend's kid get dressed, right? Yeah, it's okay. He doesn't have object permanence yet, <laughs> right? I mean, it's Yugi. He doesn't, to be fair. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, this is really the first time where that that height difference kind of comes back into the fore, and you're like, oh, <laughs> wow, all right. Yeah. Uh, so they drag and, and drop the equipment onto their uh, armor slots. They do. Yugi tells Mai that it's dangerous for her to be here uh, now that Kaibokorp has reprogrammed the game, and Mai like gestures to her new outfit, and she goes, "Have you checked me out? I'm way too good looking to be sitting around," which is like. Really? Are you just gonna flirt with all the little boys now? Is, is that what you're doing, Mai? Oh, we are not. We are not doing this now, Mai. That's not what this is. Uh, but Yugi again has the best comeback. This episode is full of sick comebacks. Yugi goes, "You're okay. <laughs> you're okay, Mai." <sighs> when she's just like over here, you know, feeling herself, being like, "Yeah, I look." I look too good to be sitting around. Yeah, checking herself uh, out in the mirror. You're okay, Mai. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, Mai gets boob armor, obviously. Uh, Clearly. And Yugi gets Please. those Doctor Strange clothes that we saw in the intro that we mentioned. Ah, yes. Yes, this is... You were not kidding when you said Doctor Strange armor. It this looks is... exactly like him. Yep. He's got <laughs> that's, those that's just same what color, the name of the costume like blue is. robes with like a red contrast like interior. And then he's got the Millennium Puzzle around his neck, like the Eye of Agamotto or whatever it is. He mm-hmm. just looks like uh, he's cosplaying Doctor Strange. This is like in the Tony Hawk Pro Skater like character or like costume select screen. This is like the click past Homer Simpson where it just like Doctor Strange and then like one more and it's Spider-Man and like one more and it's, yeah. you know, like that's it. it yeah. The, yep. There's just no other way to say it. And then uh, they're like, and... what, is, what clothes did you get, Joey? And he's yep. he's like hiding behind the curtain because he's so ashamed of what he's wearing. But um, I guess he was back there with the princess who says that it's like the clothes worn by our most legendary hero. And he opens the, the curtain and he's wearing just full on like barbarian furs and a mace. Oh, yeah. It's it's. Like the cover of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, he's got one of those like side sash like caveman outfits, mm-hmm. and like the skull of some monster as a hat. This is actually this was the costume that I wore through an entire playthrough of Fallout Four. <laughs> Gives you extra melee damage. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he he gets the the yeah I think you said it barbarian. Uh, outfit like that's his class now i guess yeah uh and they they're all geared up they look out the window and they see the castle of dark illusions appear in the sky because of course it's castle of dark illusions right of course uh and and with it comes a swarm of i mean these are flying monkeys right like we're just at the end of wizard of oz now like I think this is That's the first time they here. just refer to them as swarms of dual monsters. And they're like, I've never right. seen so many dual monsters before. And it's all kinds uh, of like weird bugs and stuff. 
Yeah, I mean they're they're freaky looking, but we also see flip flipping around the uh, the armed ninja. Yeah, it's armed right? ninja again who parkours into the top of the castle to attack them. Uh, Yugi tries summoning the dark hole magic card again with the holes this episode, <laughs> uh, but the armed ninja uh, destroys it with a like fucking shuriken or he something. He throws a kunai and pins it to the ground, so he's unable to cast it that's how it works apparently that's how it works uh, uh the ninja catches um oh oh yeah mokuba and the princess are there too they run out right. onto the battlements uh ninja catches the princess in the net joey plays axe raider with kunai with chain and uh axe raider comes out and goes and then just chucks kunai with chain and pops the ninja right in the face but the princess and literally pops the ninja like pop goes the ninja yeah it's and just explodes in confetti in that shitty photoshop or after effects shatter effect <laughs> yay <laughs> just like in halo reach when you shoot the, <laughs> the uh Fucking skull headshot thing yeah um but it explodes and the princess is still stuck in the net and starts falling to the ground but is caught in the midair by charizard i mean whiptail crow i guess which is <laughs> just a, i'm so glad you looked for the real name of it I, I couldn't remember i they refer to it as whiptail crow it doesn't look like a crow to me it looks just it, like charizard like it a looks like crow charizard. in the same way that like crow uh, looks like a crow like this is this is Crow T Robot come to life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of. It looks about as uh, much as a real crow as Whiptail Crow. There's nothing crow like about this, but anyway, so it grabs the princess and flies off. Yeah, and then, at which point we hear the princess's voice going, "Oh no, what have I done, poor Mokuba?" Bum bum bum! It wasn't the princess who was kidnapped. It was Mokuba who. Uh, did it on purpose and swapped clothes with the princess so he would get kidnapped instead. Uh, so he could go join Seto. So yes, both the Kaiba brothers are kidnapped and now they have to get rescued. And like, did he have to get kidnapped is the thing? Was no. that really the best idea? No. Why would you give them two sacrifices which they need to for the dragon to it's not clear what the mythic dragon is going to do once it gets its sacrifices. I mean, obviously, eat them or whatever. But then what? It kind of it seemed like that was the way to appease the dragon. Yeah. Like, really, we should be worried about what happens if it doesn't get its sacrifices. It'll probably just go on a rampage and destroy the world or something. I guess, but we've also been, like, you know, one-shot killing all the monsters so far. So maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. Like... You know? Yeah. It's not a, not a well-thought-out plan is what I'm trying to say. No. I mean, there's like a million ways that they can defeat this dragon with uh, infinite number of There's more of than cards. one way to defeat a dragon. <laughs> there's more than one way to one-shot a mythic dragon. There's six ways. <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah. So like, anyway. Oh, no. So like, How can we go oh. save them? But... Did it? Did anyone in this in this shot besides Lady Adina seem sad? No, no one cares about no. Mokuba. 
No, because instantly what happens is Yugi's like he's like he's doing that half listen thing, you know, like he's like looking off to the side and he's like, uh huh, yeah, no, it's Mokuba, uh huh, okay, cool, and, all right, uh, oh look, and uh, and he looks off the side of the castle and he sees ancient ruins which were not there previously and apparently no one has ever seen, yeah, uh. And no one has ever the like, looked off the side of the castle and then like down like 30 degrees. Right. They this see, is not in their programming. Yeah. They see these ruins of an ancient city. Uh, and uh, there's a huge petroglyph in the shape of a legendary flying machine. That that's just painted on the ground in the exact shape of this legendary fi- flying machine that no one has ever been able to find. Yeah. Despite it being a clearly visible from the castle space. Yeah. From space. Like you don't even need to be at the castle. You would just look out the window and see this exact thing. <laughs> so I don't know what the freaking deal here is. NPCs, man. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, pro- so they, they can't help it. They're programmed to be dumb. Right. Exactly. So they give up on Mokuba right away. And uh, he's a lost cause. And uh, they they go down to the the ancient ruins, and they suss out that like this must be where the ancient ship is uh, from a thousand years ago, and we have to find a way to restore the ancient ship to the way that it was a thousand years ago. If only there was some way to go a thousand years back in time, a thousand years, something about a thousand years, exactly one thousand years into the past, some kind of. If you if you you want to travel through time one thousand years, if only there is a right. way to do it. If there if there is some sort of some sort of a, a magic user like a like a uh, like a, a, a time minstrel, some a time, kind of chronomancer, uh, some sort of some sort of some sort of uh, like a time you know, wizard. clock sort. Oh, like a time wizard, yeah. Oh, like a time wizard. And we're not just goofing here. This is like the same conversation that they have with Joey to like try and oh jog my his memory to God, make him this remember took that he has fucking ever. time wizard, which is the one card that he uses more than anything else except for uh, Flame Swordsman. This is like, this is my biggest issue with both this episode and the last episode is when somebody needs Joey to understand something, they don't just tell him. Right? They could just explain, like, no, I mean, play the fucking card. Or, like, no, I mean, you have Time Wizard that can do this. They, they like, they leave, yeah, they leave breadcrumbs for him to figure it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Like, he's fucking, like, Hansel and Gretel, you know? Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, just come this way. Uh, It's like jingling keys in front of a baby to get it to look at you. And it takes him so long. (laughs) So long. Joey, come on, bro. And finally, he remembers, like, oh, yeah, I have Time Wizard, this card that you gave me that can potentially turn back the clock a thousand hours or a thousand days or a thousand years. Thank you. Uh, and they go, now be careful, Joey, because if it fails, it could take away our life points. And he is just but, like, eh, we have to. We have no choice. Heart of the fucking cards, man. It works right away. Yep. Time no, wizard. No preamble or anything. No like slow mo shots of the spinner. Nothing. No, it's just, uh, we just instant. And we we watch as the ancient ruins are reconstructed around them because they're now playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, Joey says the ruins. They're rebuilding themselves. And Yugi says, No, Joey. Time is rebuilding them. 
which is quite possibly I mean, the dumbest line I've heard in a long time on this show. I mean, you know, you, you could say the same thing about stalactites. That's a thing that time builds. Time builds a lot of things, Tyler. Mold. But not ruins. No, not typically. Well, well if you think about ruins. it this way. Yeah, I was gonna say. But not they just started as buildings. And not it's not right. actual buildings. So you cannot take ruins and add time to make <laughs> buildings. Uh yeah, so anyway, so okay, yay. So this Ta- ancient time went backwards. Yeah, ancient Sin Lao is reborn. Uh these ruins are restored and the uh weird petroglyph on the ground starts to glow and then everyone says whoa and then to be continued well okay they cut back to the real world real quick oh, yeah. uh where it's tristan and Taya still inexplicably holding the door shut and uh Taya says yugi come back soon or you might not be able to come back at all dun 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 and then it's to be continued then it's to be continued yay we did it. Jimmy, what was your favorite part of that episode? Uh, hmm. Just, it was my favorite part last time, but just the fun that they're having putting the characters in these kind of situations. Because we've, mm-hmm. we've been through all the, like, the serious stuff, and now it's just them playing around in a video game. Yeah, and like, and legitimately playing too. I feel like yeah. last episode was very like, we are in video game now. Let's do the same thing that we always did before, but just it's a video game. Ta-da. Now it's like fun. Yeah. You know, to put the scientific term on yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're having fun with it now. I mean, as fun as you can have in Yu-Gi-Oh. They're, right. they're messing around now and putting in all these like, like references to other shows and games and stuff they've got they're writing on chocobos they've got like princess kidnapped princesses and all that jazz that we've all seen before and like dragons that are like trying to destroy the world or whatever yeah i mean it's essentially it's a yeah it's just like a fire emblem plot which nobody ever cares about they just care about which characters hook up yeah (laughs) so much that they made it a game mechanic what was your favorite part? I mean, uh, my favorite part, I think, was the banter in this episode. There were a lot of, like, good comebacks this episode. Yeah, there was a lot of snarky lines that like, the writers uh, had fun with. Yeah, like when Joey when Joey is, is like, look, Mokuba, it's like the fairy made a girl version of you. And Mokuba's like, great, can she make you smart? Uh, or, uh, like, Yugi telling Mai, like, nah, eh, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of... Uh, writing that we don't usually get to see in the show in this episode just because and it, like, usually the characters don't have that much time to interact with each other yeah so much of uh, like the 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 dialogue of the last i mean season basically was explaining what's happening in the plot yeah it's just exposition of card game mechanics to each other Right, and like now, okay, we all we all get what's happening. We've all played this game. Like now, they get actual dialogue. Dialogue. Yeah, now they can talk to each other. Yeah. Instead of explaining what cards do. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like we're maybe missing a little bit of what cards do. Like, I would like some explanation of the rules of the play here, but nah, that's okay. Uh, how about your least favorite? My least favorite part of this episode was that there's no actual challenge to anything. Mm. You'd think that a game entirely based around dual monsters would have duels to fight but it's literally just a series of creatures that you look in in your entire deck and find a card with higher numbers and play that and it's destroyed instantly before it even does anything yeah i mean there was like one time where they had to use magical hats to get out of a situation but that's like the only time they were able to do anything clever and they're just being railroaded on these like generic video game tropes yeah i i I love that like the first line of dialogue whatever they meet any encounter is i don't know how we're gonna get past this and then they get past it one second later yeah yeah exactly Oh, how are we going to get past this giant super strong monster? Let's just both summon our strongest monsters and combine them together and just completely annihilate it. Right. Which works for apparently all situations except the ones where it makes sense. Like, we need to fly to this floating castle. No, I'll just summon a dragon. That's cool. No, no, no. no, That doesn't work. Sorry, Mm. this time there's a magical barrier. Yeah. I know. It's just... There, there's no point to there being cards in this game whatsoever if they're doing all the same things they would be doing in a game that wasn't about dual monsters. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's it's like Captain America in uh, Avengers Infinity War. Just no point to him being there. <laughs> You're super mad about Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm salty about it. I'm sorry. What's your uh, least yeah, favorite I, part of this episode? You know, I, I thought about it being the same same as yours. Like, that was definitely a big issue of mine. I think my biggest issue here really comes down to the fact that there wasn't a tutorial for this game. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I feel like this game, this episode and the last episode would have both been made better if we maybe turn this three-parter into a four-parter, dare I say. And we had an episode before all of this where it's Kaiba and Mokuba on their own little adventure. And it's, it's explaining just just the rules of like, here's why you can play any card that you need. Here's why none of these challenges matter. Here's what you should be paying, looking for in this game. And like, cause like if it's, if it's like journey, but dual monsters and it's not about the combat or the whatever, that's fine. If it's, you know, if it's, if it's, uh, I'm struggling to come up with something. If it's, it's just the if characters it's, strolling through this D and D campaign that Kaiba wrote, right? Yeah, like if it's if it's gone home, but dual monsters. Yeah, it's just a tech demo that's fine. with dual monsters in it. Right. Yeah. But you should say that, right? Like, yeah. say it up front. If you're trying to say that this is, you know, gears of dual monsters right this is that this is halo duel that this is fucking it's blue eyes Dragon Age oh, shit, he has a gun. <laughs> i mean that's the way to make it better honestly uh like that's a different thing you know and you're not 
you could also you could just say that too. You could be like, "This is an action game." Yeah. And just that one line of dialogue, you could be like, "Oh, okay. Well, it's an action game, so whatever they're doing must be." We can sure that's that's fiction, whatever. But because we don't know what kind of game it is or what it should look like, we're like, eh, yeah. "This is kind of just a bad game, Kaiba." Adventure question mark. I also really want. I really want an episode of Pegasus playing this game. Oh man, I would love to see Pegasus and just like wrecking Kaiba's shit. Absolutely, just because he knows like shit. the ins and outs of literally every card. I want to see Pegasus well, that's, going that's through the this thing, thing is, and easily beating all obstacles just because he knows obscure rules about how dual monsters works. Right, exactly. Like he goes in, he he has like two cards in his deck. And it's like a Karibo and, I don't know, like like a trap card, yeah. right? Like a dumb trap card. Uh, not even, it's false trap. It's the trap card that like negates trap cards. And it's just that. And he wrecks shop, right? And, and the, the episode ends with a, oh, Kaiba, leave the game design to the real men. <laughs> leave the, the game design to the game designers. Yeah, Kaiba boy. Uh, I think he is a little distracted right now, having just had well, his eyeball ripped out. I mean, yeah, his his depth perception's a little fuzzy, but maybe that's why the game would be a nice reprieve. That's true. Just if his little, mind little, is little in this VR simulation, he doesn't need his eyeball to look around. Would Digital Kaiba have the Millennium Eye or two normal eyes? You mean Digital Pegasus? Yes. What did I say? Digital Kaiba. Ah, no, Digital Pegasus. Uh, is is this a, uh, you appear in the Matrix as you think of yourself it's, sort of scenario? Yeah, it's like your residual self-image. I don't know, I think his... That's a good question. Would he have Millennium Eye powers in the game? I don't think he would. I don't think he would. Because Kaiba would not know about Millennium Items, and he wouldn't program in that ability. I am going to derail this slightly, because I just had a horrible thought that is my new... It's like, it worst if true. Thinking about Lady Adina, we don't know who she is. We don't know really what she's like actually based on. We're making the joke that it's like, oh, it's a girl version of Mokuba. Mm-hmm. Like, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? Because it's, you know, 2002 or whatever, and that's a fun joke to make then. But like, do we, like, we don't know that much about Mokuba. What if Mokuba is like, you know, a tr- little trans kid, and here's Kaiba fucking like dead naming him in a video game. I don't. Yeah, I think you're putting way too much thought into this. I I am, but like but yeah, that's that why the joke be... wouldn't fly if you remade the show. It'd be like it'd be like, oh yeah, I made this game like before you transitioned. I didn't think anybody would see it or like whatever. Like it's shitty, you know. Regardless of how you slice it, I I'm gonna choose to still believe that it's based on their mother. Is is kind of where I'm going officially. But I just I just wanted to float that just in case any listeners had like a similar idea and maybe we can commiserate or something like that. That is that would be a shitty interpretation of it. Yeah, I think it's their mom. I'm gonna stick to that. I still think it's uh, weird to this have game like a, tutorial. a main character in your video game look just like a gender swapped version of your brother. But uh, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe he just didn't notice. You know, maybe it's like that episode of The Office, or not The Office, uh, Parks and Rec, where Jerry paints the centaur that looks like Leslie. Oh, and it's entirely and like, accidental. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know. I was just thinking about like strong women and like whatever, and 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 it just like accidentally happened that way. And then Tom's the little baby. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe Kaiba designed the princess to look like just a whiny little baby who gets kidnapped all the time. Because he's thinking about a whiny little baby that gets kidnapped all the time. Oh, okay, no. I I, pr- I prefer this. I prefer this. The game needs a tutorial. That's my worst part. Uh, yeah, the only reason they had any sort of tutorial in the first place is because they wandered through that graveyard. That was not a tutorial. That was, that was how to do a magical girl transformation pose and staring at Joey until he remembered what zombies do. Yeah. They walk through it by accident, and then they introduce the mechanic that monsters drop loot, which they never uh, acknowledge again. Right. We've seen all kinds Did of monsters, see... and they haven't dropped anything. I- I'm gonna forget there. There is a there is a equivalent of exactly that in Breath of the Wild. Uh, there was a streamer, and I'm gonna forget her name. It, it went like viral a few weeks back, where she played through all of Breath of the Wild streamed it all put in like 100 hours or whatever and then like 100 hours in finds completely by accident the tutorial for breath of the wild oh i think i saw uh, she just never triggered the tutorial dialogue from the beginning (laughs) here's how to run here's how to pick up rocks right meanwhile she's like running around in her like friggin ancient armor or whatever so maybe that's it. Maybe they just didn't trigger the tutorial dialogue and they need to go back. Yeah. If they return to the starting location, there'll be like an old man who'll be like, let me show you how to use dual monsters. Like the oh, old, like in Pokemon, yeah, like though? Yeah, like the old man who like, you how to catch Caterpie. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, dude, I get it. This is Pokemon Crystal now. As you're walking around with your like world devouring dragon behind you. Sure, old man. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll watch how, as you catch bugs. Show me how right. to catch a bug. You can kind of do that now in uh, Pokemon Let's Go. You've got like fucking Mewtwo falling behind you, oh, yeah. just like floating there. Just like telekinetically the like, yeah. floating mm-hmm. around behind this like child. And right. you encounter like uh, a bug catcher at the, at the beginning. He's like, I'm going to fight you with my Metapod. <laughs> I like shorts. <laughs> They're comfy and easy to wear. And then you just annihilate this kid's whole world. With right. this Pokemon who just thinks at the Metapod and it explodes. Right. He becomes the Metapod. Uh, all right. Well, we talked about that too much. Yeah. Uh, should we end the episode? Do you have anything else you want to... Let's wrap it up. It's time to end the episode. Jimmy, as we do every week, we like to end with a card of the week. Do you have a card from the show you want to talk about briefly? There wasn't really anything... From this episode that we haven't seen before. Time Wizard. <laughs> I guess it would be Time Wizard. Maybe Dark Hole, but we didn't even get to see it played. I Can we, can we read the text for Trap Hole real sure. quick? Trap Hole. Oh, safe search on. <laughs> God. Actually, you know what? Let's look up Whiptail Crow. All right. Let's let's do let's do both real quick. So I think we can breeze through this. I've got a pretty good uh, random card of the week pulled up here too. 
Uh, all right. Trap hole. Uh, when your opponent normal flips, summons one monster with a thousand or more attack. Target that monster and destroy that target. Yep, that's what it is. You you trap it in a hole. The Italian for trap hole is buco trapola. Buco trapola. Mamma mia, uh, buco trapola. <laughs> you know that uh, you know that restaurant uh, uh, buco de beppo. <laughs> buco trapola. <laughs> Uh, bu- Buca de Beppo uh, literally means beef hole. <laughs> Come on down to Big Al's beef hole. That's the Americanized version. And it wants to be so fancy. Oh, it wants to be so fancy. Uh, Buca de Beppo. Buca de Beppo. Enter my beef hole. Uh, no thanks. So that's trap hole. What's, uh, what's the other one? What's Whip-tail the upstart crow? Whiptail crow. Just... Um, it's just a big bird that doesn't have any feathers. It looks, it has the same colors as Charizard, and it has big green hands. It's an attack of 1650 and a defense of 1600, and it doesn't have any special abilities. Because why would it, honestly? It's a, it's a, it's a monster. I think it existing is a special ability, yeah. right? Like, it's already done enough weird to the world. It has a description. Attacks from the skies with a whip-like tail. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah, that's okay. That's not the best. That's all right. Also, it's the color of Cheetos. Ah. It's bright orange. So it could run for president in two years. Yes. <laughs> Whiptail crow. Oh, God, no. Less than... I keep, I keep thinking that it's two years away. Nope. They're starting now. Uh, all right. Give us a random card. Random card of the week generated by my list of every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card. Well, I guess almost every possible Yu-Gi-Oh card. There are new cards now that I got to fucking add. Uh, but the random card of the week this week is Two Mouth Dark Ruler. Yeah. I don't even That's like the name. Two, it's T-W-O hyphen mouth, M-O-U-T-H, Dark Ruler, D-A-R-K-R-U-L-E-R, all one word. Two Mouth Dark Ruler is a three star dinosaur slash normal monster. <laughs> Not a normal monster, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, and it says a dinosaur with two deadly jaws. It stores electricity in its horn and releases high voltage bolts from the mouth on its back. It has 900 attack and 700 defense. This was in Rex Raptor's deck, and we have seen it in the show. We have? I don't remember it at all. Mm-hmm. I think I would remember it. I remember this being thing. terrified buying it. Look at this. Well, poor it doesn't. Thing. It doesn't really lend itself to description very well, but maybe we can try and give it a give it a it go. It looks like two lizards that got caught in a transporter accident. <laughs> yeah, it looks like somebody tried to the fly with a lizard. Uh, and uh, I'm looking at yeah. the heart, the high definition art of this thing, and it just looks sad. Hold on, let me send it to you. It looks like, yeah, I mean, it looks like it's kind of in pain. Like it's okay, so it's a green reptilian thing it's not scaly though it's smooth um okay it looks like yeah. a two-legged lizard and then it has an enormous head sticking out the front with like shark teeth it's got a severe overbite uh it right. has like a unicorn horn sticking out the front of its nose yeah which we don't see the tip of so no. that could just extend infinitely <laughs> it could it almost looks like uh, a piece of bamboo that's like impaling its face. Oh yeah, kind of. And then it has one eyeball vis- visible to us, 
that's just like kind a of beady yellow yeah, eye that looks just kind of sad, like it's in pain. It does kind of. This poor thing. I bet who it hurt, is in who pain. Who hurts you, buddy? I would be if I looked like that. And then, like on the back I mean, of I its neck, like having two mouths would be pretty legit. Think of how many more burgers you could eat this way. But okay, but yeah. yeah but did, it, so this other mouth so picture, is on the back of its neck. Right. If you picture like mouth A is like Tyrannosaurus Rex style head, mouth B is it like it's where Guy Fieri's sunglasses go. Yeah, it's way <laughs> down on the back of its neck. Uh, I mean that mouth looks happy. Thing. I'm gonna tell you that much. That mouth looks looks pleased about something. I guess. Uh, it's got a severe underbite, overbite. I th- kind of hard to tell which which way's down. It's pointed straight up, is the thing. Yeah, it's like a Venus flytrap. Yeah, imagine if you had a mouth that was kind of pointed upward on the back of your neck, and that's what this poor creature is enduring every day. Right. It has no way to eat burgers with this this other mouth. Yeah, it's true. Well, see, at first I thought it had more legs too, because the low res version kind of makes it look like it has hind legs. So I was thinking like. Oh, this would be pretty neat. Like, I can snack while having a conversation. Like, I could be doing this podcast while guzzling down a nice, like, smoothie. I don't know. That would make great audio. But, well, no, but that's the thing is I could continue to talk while it was happening. That's true. Uh, But, no, yeah, this doesn't really have a way to feed it itself. It has big... I- beefy thighs and then like little chicken legs sticking out just two of them yeah they're literally chicken legs huh? and a long whip tail and i don't know what the heck I... is going on with its like lower back just over the where the tail starts are you seeing this yeah it's got two little like dorsal spikes what we can only assume are spikes because the card art is cut off there that's true they could just extend <laughs> infinitely <laughs> they they branch over and connect with the front spike it's just it's not actually a spike the whole thing is just a roll cage for this creature (laughs) right yeah it sort of tucks into a mono wheel (laughs) this is definitely what i want to know is this poor creature is definitely something that would be made in spore oh yeah absolutely this is this is a spore creature is what this is look at this poor thing what i want to know is why is it a lightning attack i don't what about this says lightning other than the fact that there's lightning in the background? Like, it's got two mouths. Maybe its attack could be, I don't know, biting. Yeah. Right? I wonder what the... But no, it gathers energy in one mouth and then <laughs> shoots it out of the other. I guess is the... Front... What about the horn? Are the horns like lightning rods? Apparently not. Apparently it just needs its mouth to gather energy. I wonder what the people who designed this card were thinking, or if they had, like, you've got 20 minutes. Go design a terrifying monster. And they're like, monster, got it. Uh, fangs, uh, weird chicken feet. Uh, horns? And yeah, just had those three concepts and that they scribbled a quick design on a napkin. Yeah, like, this des- definitely has the feeling of, like, 4.30 on a Friday. <laughs> it definitely does. You know, like... It's been a long day at the card factory. Just gotta, just gotta crank one last card out just to keep the boss off your back. No part of this creature belongs with the other parts. 
this this poor un- I feel bad for uh two mouth dark ruler. It looks like its yeah. existence is pain. I mean poor two mouth dark ruler. Yeah. I can't stop looking at it. <laughs> it's so you ugly. Can't look away. No, it's, I'm trapped in its in its beady little eye. Well, tell you it's what, kind of. Uh, I had the Google image search open for Toon Mouth Dark Ruler, and I pulled up uh, right next to it a YouTube video of a Toon Mouth Dark Ruler that someone has indeed made in Spore. Oh, okay. I'm into that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's... And it looks exactly like the card art. Except somehow can... even less in pain. Is Spore like a game that you can buy anymore? Uh, I think you oh, can still buy happy. it. Oh, this happy. It's a happy little guy. Oh, oh, it borks. Yeah, I don't know if the online features of Spore are still active because that was some of the most fun part in Spore is seeing all these other, seeing your world populated by crazy monsters other people made. Uh, and I had a race of creatures that domesticated a a warren of wild Charles Darwins. I think I told you about this before. Yeah, no, I remember this. That's a... There were just a bunch of old bearded Charles Darwins, just yeah, that, that... like rabbits out in a field that I domesticated. <laughs> That's a very odd and specific colonial story, I think. <laughs> That's a really unique take on colonialism right there. Spore is an interesting uh, game. It is, it is. But anyway, that's our card of the week. That's Two Mouth Dark Ruler. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, email right now, honestly, is the best way to, to get a hold of us. Like, I've been super bad about checking social media stuff. It's like every every few days, honestly. Uh, because every few days, I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck Facebook. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram uh, to keep up with mostly the the feed honestly uh that's at yampod y-a-m-p-o-d uh you can visit our website which i'm super proud of it's heart of the dot cards uh and uh if you have not yet you should get caught up with jimmy's other podcast dungeons against humanity uh that's d-a-h podcast on twitter uh and you have a live show coming up in the portland area very soon right yes that's it's this, this weekend yep this sunday uh at guardian games we are putting on a world-building event on and one-shot where we'll have people like use Cards Against Humanity to create a D&D world, and then select. we're going to select people from the audience, and we are going to run them through a short campaign in that world. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we've... All right. So that's, that's uh, Sunday... Uh, what day would that be? April 7th? Yeah. Yes, April 7th. April 7th. So if you're in the Portland area and want to run through a fun uh, D&D one-shot, I've, uh, we've all run through it before just to test out, make sure it works. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's going to have some little mind-bending puzzles. I was going to say, you kind of you teetered off the end there. It's pretty fun. 
Yeah. Is this the one that you told me about? Probably. This is, you were like, oh yeah, I just ran through a one shot that had like a had a twist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This is gonna be more than pretty fun. This, I, you explained this to me via text one night. Oh yeah. And I, I guessed several twists, and I'm like, I'm generally pretty good at that. I'm like, you know, okay, it's a D and D adventure. There's only so many like plot twists that are gonna happen, and it was nothing like any of my guesses. Like it was legitimately surprising and i think that uh it's it's going to be really good for a live show so uh definitely go to that if you can uh if you're the kind of person who listens to our show right when it comes out and listens all the way to the end yeah and if you do thank you yeah but we'll put that on like the twitter and instagram and stuff too we'll 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 boost that up yeah um all right is there anything else did i forget anything nope that's it let's end this all righty until next time Have you checked me out? I'm way too good looking to be sitting around. You're okay.